Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number five. This is a lesson companion podcast, and so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Spring 2020 Lesson Manual or Student Workbook and turn to Lesson 13 entitled The Power of the Resurrection. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you just to grab your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 24, where we will begin reading in just a moment our text for today's lesson. Well, before we dive into the text today and look at it and find out some things we could begin to apply to our lives for this week, I wanted to begin first by kind of setting the stage here and looking at the most important event that took place in Scripture, that event being the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, the Bible tells us that if it were not for Jesus rising from the dead, we our faith would be in vain. Our faith hinges on the resurrection. The life that we live and uh, that we preach, the gospel that we preach, hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. Now, there have been several theories that have been espoused by scholars and skeptics of life for generations. One of them actually began by the, the Romans and the, uh, le- the religious leadership of Jesus' day after his resurrection. That's how old this one is. But there's three basic theories, one of them being uh, what they call the swoon theory, that basically Jesus just swooned on the cross. He didn't really die. Maybe his blood pressure dropped so low that they could not detect a heartbeat or could not detect him breathing at all, and they thought he was dead. And so when they put him in the tomb, he didn't actually come back to life because he never really died. So there was no miracle there. The other theory is that the women who went to the tomb that day and said they found the tomb empty, what happened was they actually went to the wrong tomb. So somehow over the next, the past two or three days, they forgot where Jesus had been buried. Now, those first two are very unlikely. And the third one is the one that the Romans and the religious leaders of the day began to propagate. That being that the disciples actually came and stole the body and then propagated this idea and preached this idea that Jesus rose from the grave. Here's the problem I personally have with these three theories. Other than my faith tells me he's alive because he's living inside of me. The problem I have with these theories is how the disciples, the apostles, and even many believers responded to this in the years to come. Many of them gave their own lives for the, on the fact that Jesus rose again. You would think that at some point in time, there would be a disciple that would get to the point of death and being martyred for believing in Jesus, that would recant and say, you know what, it's not worth dying for because he really didn't rise from the dead. 
But this was such a belief and an experience, and the Bible even tells us that over 500 saw Jesus resurrected in his body, and many of them went to a martyr's death over this very truth and very fact. So I find it hard, some of these things, to believe. Jesus is alive, and because he's alive, there is power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus rose again, we can have new life in that truth. And that's what we're going to look at today as we turn to Luke chapter 24 and 1 Peter chapter 1. And let's look at this lesson today entitled Power of the Resurrection. All right, we're in Luke chapter 24 and Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse number 1. We're going to read down through verse 12 and then we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 1 beginning at verse 3 and go through verse 5. Luke 24, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And returned from the sepulchre, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, and ran unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And our focus verse, our focus verse is actually Luke 24, verses 6 and 7. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. As we look at these passages here today, I've got three things I want to look at and leave you with and maybe cause you to think about a little bit as we face this week ahead. First of all, the first nine verses of Luke 24 give us this interesting scenario of these women who had gone, and we find in 
uh, the book of Matthew, that they had actually prepared spices, and they were coming to the sepulcher to bring spices. Luke tells us the same thing. They had brought spices, and they were coming to anoint the body of Jesus, which was a tradition. It was something that was a normal happening at this time. Uh, they would bring spices to anoint and, and kind of prepare the body for its uh, being in the, the tomb there. And so they had come this third day after the, the crucifixion, this really what turns out to be in this resurrection morning. And these ladies come and they find the tomb empty and these two angels sitting there and asked them the question, why do you seek the living among the dead? And they reminded these ladies of what Jesus had said. Don't you remember that the son of man said he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men? He must be crucified. He, he will die, but that he would rise again. And it's really interesting that after they told the ladies this, the Bible says, Verse 8, they remembered his words. It sparked something in them that when the angels re re recalled the, the, the saying of Jesus and the words of Jesus, the ladies remembered, yes, I've heard him. We've heard him say that before. We did hear him say this. This is, must be what he meant. And when they remembered his words, they left the sepulcher and they found the 11 apostles and they told them everything that had just happened happened. Has disappointment ever caused you to forget something Jesus has said to you? Do you think about that? Has disappointment ever caused you to forget something Jesus has said? These ladies were disappointed. These disciples, these apostles, these they were disappointed. They had thought one thing was going to happen, and yet they were disappointed because they forgot the words of Jesus. Yes, they were disappointed, and they would have been disappointed anyway because Jesus had laid down his life. He, he had died. Their Messiah, their teacher, their master had died. But the, the, the real disappointment and the real hopelessness they felt was really because they had forgotten the words Jesus has said. And I think sometimes disappointment has that effect on us and causes us to forget the things Jesus has said. I want you to remind yourself daily of the promises in God's word. I think it's important that we remind ourselves each and every day what God has spoken to us, what God has said to us, what his word has declared to us. Maybe there's some things that God has promised you personally. He's spoken to you through his word or through the preached word or in prayer. He's promised something to you. Don't let disappointment drown out the promises of God. Don't let disappointment cause you to forget what Jesus has promised in his word. The second thing I want you to consider is in verses 10 through 12, when these ladies came and told the disciples, this, this blew my mind when I read this, when they came and told the apostles what had happened, the Bible says, let me just read verses 10 and 11 to you again. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. Now watch this, verse 11. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. 
Here's the question I want you to consider. How can we get to the point where miraculous testimonies or testimonies of the miraculous can seem like idle tales? How can we get to the point where miraculous testimonies seem like idle tales? These apostles had walked with him. They had witnessed the miraculous. They had seen things that had blown their minds. They were dumbfounded when Jesus stood on the bow of the boat and had said, peace be still. They said, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? They had witnessed incredible things, yet in their disappointment and in their sadness and in their... In, in this horrible experience they had just gone through, when the women came and said, guys, you are not going to believe it, but he's alive. We've seen angels. The angels have told us that he is alive. And yet the disciples were in such a place that the testimony of the miraculous seemed to them like an idle tale, like a story, like a fable, like a made up story. I pray, oh God, help me never to get to the point to where when somebody tells me a testimony of what God has done, that I don't write it off as a fable and as a fairy tale. Here is the challenge. Don't stop believing in and for the miraculous. Don't stop believing in and for miracles. God still does miracles. Don't let yourself get to a point that when somebody tells a testimony of what God did in their life, you don't write it off as a fairy tale. He is a miracle-working God. So don't stop believing in and for miracles. The third thing I want us to consider is when we turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, and those three verses, verses 3, 4, and 5, I want to read them again because I want to launch from this and ask you another question to consider today before we wrap up our podcast in a few minutes. Verse 3 of 1 Peter 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. We have a inheritance. We have a lively hope reserved in heaven for each one of us. So let me ask you this today. Does the promise of heaven make hope come alive in you? Does it give you a passion for God's purpose in your life? We have, Peter says, a lively hope. We have an inheritance that has been promised to us, an inheritance that will fade not away. It will not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. Now, I'm recording this during time of COVID-19, and some of you are seeing investments and, and, and things that you have, money you have put away, maybe inheritance, maybe, maybe uh, investments you put away, and you're seeing this worldwide pandemic affect your 
inheritance per se, infect your uh, effect, your uh, future, your retirement. But can I tell you, nothing can cause your lively hope, your inheritance that is reserved for you in heaven, nothing can cause it to fade away. No pandemic, no disease, no death, no hardship, no struggle, no temptation, no nothing can keep that from fading or nothing will cause it to fade away. It is reserved. It is sure and it is steadfast. So does that promise of heaven make hope come alive in you? Does it give you a passion for God's purpose in your life? We have a lively hope. As we wrap this podcast up here today, I challenge you to look through these scriptures again, maybe after this is over, throughout this week. I want you to look at Luke 24 and 1 Peter 1, and I want you to pray over these scriptures. I want you to meditate on these things. Here's three calls to action for you this week as it pertains to this passage and what we can take away from this passage. Number one, I want you to write down God's promises he's made to you so that you regularly revisit them and you do not forget them. Because times of disappointment will come, but God has made you promises, and those promises will not fail. Don't forget what Jesus has promised to you. Get a journal. Start a journal. Do so, Write down God's promises. Write down God's promises. So in times of disappointment, you can pull those things out and you can read them and pray over them and say, God, I know the day looks bleak. I know it looks dark out there. I don't know how this is going to come to pass, but this is what you've promised me. And I believe your promises. So this week, write down God's promises that he's made to you or promises you see in his word. Write those down and refer to them often. The second thing I want you to do this week, is there a miracle that you stopped believing for, stopped praying for? Remember these apostles, they, they, they thought that the miraculous testimony it was just a fable, just a fairy tale. They, they had stopped believing. They, they had stopped hoping. Hope had died for them. And yet the greatest miracle had just taken place. So I want to ask you, and this is not easy. I know this is not easy because we get to a place sometimes that we stop praying for things because it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And I know there's somebody listening here today. There's a miracle you, you've stopped praying for and stopped believing for. But I feel the Holy Ghost as I say this. This week, begin praying and begin believing once again for that miracle. I believe your miracle is on its way. God is a miracle-working God. He is a God of resurrection. So this week, start praying again and start believing again for that miracle. And finally, the third thing this week, I want you to pray for renewed passion, a renewed passion to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Peter said, we have a lively hope, a lively hope, an inheritance that fades not away, reserved in heaven for us. So if you have found your passion begin to wane a little bit, this week a prayer request for you. Pray for renewed passion to fulfill God's purpose and his promise that he's made in your life, that it'll be fulfilled and renewed in you. Dear Lord Jesus, there is power 
in your resurrection. I am so grateful. We are grateful that you rose from the dead because our faith would be in vain. And those skeptics have tried to create theories and discount what we know to be true. We ask right now that that power that resurrection brings would enter into the hearts and lives of those listening here today. I pray that the Holy Ghost would rise up within them, that your spirit would come alive again in them. I pray they'd be reminded of your promises, that they would be reminded of the things you've promised them, that they would begin to pray for the miracles and believe for the miracles that they once believed for but have stopped because of disappointment. But I I pray right now that miracles would take place in their lives. And I pray you'd renew passion, renew desire for the purpose and plan that you have for us in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.